Because of technical difficulties during the first recording of this sermon, the first half of this sermon was re-recorded at a later time. two days till Christmas. Christmas music is on the radio. I know so because as we traveled over the weekend, we scanned the radio stations and found most of them to be playing Christmas music. We enjoyed it on our trip home. Christmas is everywhere, and it seems like this time of year, everyone is just a little bit nicer. Have you noticed that? But what is Christmas all about anyway? There's so much controversy these days about Christmas. The world seems to be confused about Christmas, and I think it's because the focus for for them is, is not Christ, it's something else. I read of two instances from the many this past week that could be cited about the world's confusion over Christmas. And here are two of them from the Baptist Bulletin. First they note, Well-known television news personality Barbara Walters has been criticizing a Christmas card from the White House this year featuring a seven-line scripture verse. The passage read, You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. Quote, usually in the past, when I have received a Christmas card, it's been happy holidays and so on, end quote, remarked Walters. She asked in a critical tone, quote, does this also go to agnostics and atheists and Muslims? End quote. Although Walters couldn't recall receiving a, quote, religious Christmas card from the White House, past Christmas greetings sent out by President and Mrs. Bush have contained Bible scripture passages. Last year's card featured Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And then there's this, also from the Baptist Bulletin. They note that Old Navy, Gap, and Banana Republic are boycotting Christmas. Though they notes the American Family Association, we'll take your money. Old Navy says the AFA even makes a joke of Christmas by offering video greetings called Happy Christmaka. I guess that's a cross between Christmas and Hanukkah. You know, when I hear things like these examples, I can't help but be puzzled that people don't get it. Christmas is all about Christ. Or is it? 
you know, maybe we need to clarify what Christmas isn't about. Christmas isn't about giving and gift receiving. My children have been counting down the days until Christmas, as I did as a youngster, as you did as a youngster. Why are they doing that? Why are they so excited about the arrival of Christmas Day? Could it be they think there will be gifts for them on Christmas Day? Actually, they know there will be gifts because they've been staring at them around our Christmas tree the last few days. They're counting down the days because they are excited about the gifts, which is natural. I recently heard Haddon Robinson speaking about a Christmas card he had seen once that really left an impression. On the Christmas card were the angels gathered in the sky and the shepherds looking up with great excitement. There was also a dog, and the dog was excited as well, but the dog wasn't looking up. The dog was excited because the shepherds were excited. There was excitement, but the dog didn't really know what was going on. The dog was excited because there was excitement. And lest we forget, most of us aren't much different than the children excited about Christmas presents and the shepherd dog excited about the excitement of the shepherds on the Christmas card. When it comes to our anticipation of the Christmas season, you know, we tend to get excited about the excitement of Christmas. And sometimes, I'm afraid, we forget about Jesus. You see, Christmas isn't about all the excitement that surrounds the Christmas season. Christmas isn't about the children's Christmas pageants that parents and grandparents enjoy so much. You know, the Christmas pageants where the kids wear the towels on their heads, the shepherds. And the girls wear angels' wings, and the guys, you know, the wise guys, they come and worship the newborn king. Christmas isn't about the children's Christmas pageants and programs. Christmas isn't about the Christmas concerts and cantatas and parties and get-together. Christmas isn't about the decorations and the lights and the Christmas trees as much as we enjoy them. And we enjoy them as my family and I drive around this time of year. We rate the Christmas lights. You know, 10, that's a 10, or no, that's a 1. We enjoy the lights. But it's not about the lights. It's not about the decorations. It's not about the lights or the trees. It seems the world is confused about Christmas. But I have to say, this really shouldn't surprise us. Sometimes we're troubled that the world doesn't share with us the same reverence for the object of Christmas, Jesus Christ. But this should not surprise us. God's word makes it very clear that Satan is actively deceiving and blinding the hearts and minds of unbelievers from the truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 reminds us the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 8 makes it very clear that those without Christ shun him and are hostile toward God. Romans 8, verse 7, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God, says verse 8. And Acts chapter 28, verses 26 and 27 says, Go to this people, God speaking to Paul, and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive, for this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes get closed, 
lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. You see, God says, go and tell them they should listen, but warn them that they won't. You know, it shouldn't surprise us that the world doesn't really understand Christmas. They don't get Christmas because they don't get Christ. What should surprise us is when believers forget about the true meaning of Christmas. Unbelievers may be confused about Christmas, but there shouldn't be any confusion for the believer. But even believers can, at times, be like children anticipating presents and the shepherd dog on the Christmas card, all excited because the shepherds are excited. We're like that. All excited over the excitement of Christmas, but not too excited about the reality of Christmas, Jesus Christ. And we should be excited about Christ, because the Christmas story is true. Jesus Christ, God in human form, came and was born as a babe in the lowliest of surroundings, a filthy cattle shed. God came. That's the truth of the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, of the coming of the Christ child. And that tells us his name will be Emmanuel, and Emmanuel has a special meaning. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 gives us the special meaning of this name, Emmanuel. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, quoting the Isaiah passage, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And then it goes on to define the name Emmanuel for us. And it says, which means God with us. What's so special about Jesus? Why should God's children be excited about Christ? What's so special about Jesus is summed up in the definition of the name Emmanuel. What's so special about Jesus is that he is God with us. And there are great promises in the meaning of the name Emmanuel. I want you to recall that if you were here with us last week, last week I noted that because of Emmanuel, God with us, there are implications for the world. These are truths for all the world, and since God is with us, these are truths for the people of the world to note and take heed of. Yet sadly, many in the world won't get these truths because they don't get Christ. First, we noted that Emmanuel means he is Savior. God came in human flesh to be the Savior of all who would believe in Him. 1 John 4.10 says this, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation sounds confusing, but it's an important one to know. It means that Jesus Christ came to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And He was. Secondly, we noted last week that Emmanuel means eternal life for all who believe in Jesus. For those who believe in Jesus, they have passed from God's judgment and eternal spiritual death to eternal spiritual life. For believers, Emmanuel means victory over eternal judgment and eternal spiritual death. Emmanuel means, thirdly, that victory over Satan is ours today. Emmanuel means victory over Satan today for all who believe in Jesus. Because of Emmanuel, 
we have God's help to resist the devil. Because God is with us, the power of Christ, the Holy Spirit works within us, giving us victory over Satan when we yield to God's word and work and power in us. That's what we discussed last time. Those are the promises to the world when individuals repent of their sin and turn to Christ in faith. And the meaning of the name Emmanuel only becomes more precious to those who believe when we continue to examine God's word for the wonderful truths of what it means that God is with us. So I want you to come with me as we think about what God with us means for the believer. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus encourages his disciples with these words, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So what does it mean for Christ to be with us as his followers, God with us? We noted last week that one of the most wonderful truths of God taking on human flesh is that he came to take the punishment that we deserve. Hebrews 2.17 says this, Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. And there's that word propitiation again. You see, God in human flesh is the atoning sacrifice for all who believe in Jesus, and that is a tremendous promise. And for those who believe in Jesus, God's word gives us even more hope. God's word uses the role of a shepherd many times. The shepherd who cares diligently for the sheep to illustrate Christ's presence with his children. And here's what God with us means for the believer. And I'll note five different things this morning. First of all, God with us means that he encourages and comforts. He encourages and comforts like a shepherd cares for the sheep. As a matter of fact, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11 prophesies, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with him. You see, God's children all need encouragement and comfort. You do, and I do, and we more than likely will need encouragement and comfort sometime this week. So God gives us what we need. God showed us his compassion in the ministry of Christ many times, illustrated once in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, where it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And we're like sheep without a shepherd. So God sent his Son to shepherd us. But how does Emmanuel, God with us, encourage and comfort us today? You see, this is the hope of the believer in Christ today. There is hope that Christ is ministering to us today. But how is he doing that? Well, he's doing it through the ministering presence of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to the book of John, chapter 14, would you? John, chapter 14. I want you to see these words. The hope for the believer in Christ today is the ministering presence of the Holy Spirit. And we see it in John, chapter 14, verses 16 17 and 18. Verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that's the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. That's the world being blinded to the truth of Jesus Christ. Verse 17 goes on. You know him, for he dwells with you, 
and will be in you. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. What a wonderful promise. For those who believe in Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ, He encourages and comforts. Secondly, I want you to note that God with us also means for the believer that He guides. He guides like a shepherd guides the sheep. He guides. God knows His children need guidance. You ever feel like you need direction and guidance? You ever feel like there's a time when you don't? (laughs) We need guidance, don't we? We need direction. And like a shepherd guides the sheep, God knows His children need guidance just as earthly children need guidance. Just as earthly children need direction and guidance from their earthly fathers. God knows His sheep, His children, need guidance from their Heavenly Father. Also using the role of the shepherd as an example, John chapter 10, verses 3 and 4 says of God's children, look at it with me, John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. To Him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear His voice, And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. See, God knows his sheep need guidance. And so he promises to go before those who are his own. And God's guidance for his children is also seen in the familiar 23rd Psalm in verse 3. It says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He leads me. He guides me. He directs me. And through all of life, including times of darkness and difficulty, God gives guidance to His yielding children. And I emphasize the yielding part because sometimes we don't yield. And God says, fine, go your way. Do your thing. I'll be waiting for you when you're ready to be led. God guides us, and He gives us direction. He gives us His Word to help us. Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. Who was that? He was leading. He was leading the Israelites. He was giving them something to follow. He says, follow this. For you and me today, God has given us this. He says, follow this. This is your pillar of smoke. Here's the fire. Lead. Let me lead you. And you follow this. God leads us. God guides us. 2 Samuel 22, verse 29, For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. You see, He comes into your life and shines the light in the dark surroundings of your life. And He does it through the ministering presence of His Holy Spirit. He does it with His Word, the wisdom of His Word at work in you. He guides, but you must yield to His guidance. He will not force Himself into your life. You can quench the Spirit. 
but He is there to guide you. That's what the beautiful truth of Emmanuel means, God with us. God with us also means, thirdly, that He protects and keeps. He protects and keeps. Like the shepherd protects and keeps the sheep. John chapter 10, look at that with me. You're already in John chapter 10, right? John 10 verse 28. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. He protects and keeps His children. Our protector and keeper is our deliverer, says Jeremiah 15.20. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you, for I am with you to save you and deliver you, declares the Lord. And the Lord is there to save and deliver us today. God with us also means that He strengthens us. He strengthens us. God knows that we must always remember, God knows this, and we must remember it, that we need His strength. Our strength is completely insufficient. I mean, you can try to live in your own strength, but eventually you will find that your strength is insufficient. Joel chapter 3 verse 16 says the Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth quake but the Lord is a refuge to his people a stronghold to the people of Israel that's just one example from scripture of God's strength entering into our lives and giving us his strength and wisdom and guidance and direction he strengthens us number five God with us also means that He provides. He provides. Psalm 113, verses 6 through 9, is a beautiful description of God's provision for His children. Psalm 113, verse 6 Who looks far down on the heavens and the earth, He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. God provides. That's what Emmanuel means for us. God with us means he provides. And Hebrews is a reminder of the purpose of his provision for his children. And we need to remember why he provides for us. Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. There's that image of the shepherd and the sheep again. By the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good. And here's the purpose. Remember, we don't get what we want necessarily. We get what we need. We'll equip you with everything good that you may do his will. Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Why does God provide for our needs? So that we can do His will. Why should we do His will? Verse 21, Hebrews 13, I just read it. To Him be glory forever and ever. That's what Christmas means. That's the purpose of Christmas, to give Jesus Christ the glory forever and ever. And why are we to 
depend upon His provision so that we know we can do His will with what He provides. Again, we don't necessarily get what we want. We get what He knows we need. And we get it so that we can serve Him faithfully and accomplish His purposes. And it's all for His glory. You know, it truly is one of the richest names we have for Christ. Emmanuel. God with us. And it truly is sad that the world does not more readily receive Christ as their own. And it's also a sad thing when God's own children do not fully enjoy the many blessings of Emmanuel, God with us, because they're just too busy getting excited and distracted by the trivial. On Thursday, the boys and I went to Pioneer Hill. We sent the girls off to do some shopping and the boys and I went to Pioneer Hill. We had an hour to spend while we waited for Taylor to finish his last driver's ed class. And for those of you who know Pioneer Hill, you know that there's a lot of fun there to be had when there's snow. If there's no snow, you need wheels, I guess. But when there's snow, and there was on Friday, I don't know if there's any today. It probably won't be long unless it snows again soon. But we are on the hill, and I was watching... And no matter how warm it seems in the valley, it's always terrible on the top of that hill. You know, I was freezing to death. But I was enjoying watching the children sled down the hill. They were flying down the hill. Some of them were going a long, long way. And they were sledding and sliding and bouncing and careening and shouting and hollering and having a good old time. And I was standing on the top of the hill freezing to death. And they were a little bit concerned that I might miss out. And every once in a while, one of the boys would come and say, Dad, you going to run down the hill too? You know, I'm going to try. I, was like, I will in a moment. You know, I was enjoying watching them. I guarantee you, though, that after about 45 minutes, I was ready to get down in the valley a little bit where it was warmer. So I hopped on a sled, and I took a quick ride. And fortunately, my large frame didn't go as far as theirs did because it was a long walk back to the top. But I can tell you this. It's a lot more fun sledding than watching sledding, right? It was a lot more fun speeding down that hill than it is standing on top freezing to death. And the wonderful truth for those who believe in Jesus Christ is that Emmanuel, God with us, means that He encourages and comforts and guides and protects and strengthens and provides for His own. And there is much more joy in being one of God's own children than there is in not being one of God's own children. You can watch God's children being blessed, but it is not the same thing if you are not one of God's own. And you can look around at other believers around you who are enjoying the presence of God with us and not enjoy it yourself. If you don't take great hope and strength in what God gives you, His encouragement and comfort and guidance and protection and strength and provision, have you tasted firsthand the joy of Emmanuel. Is that joy yours? Are you a follower of Christ who is enjoying the daily presence of God with you? Are you depending on the Spirit's power to give you daily victory over sin and Satan's ploys to make you forget about the promise of Emmanuel, God with you? 
Are you conscious of his personal presence in you and with you? Are you hiding God's word in your heart? Are you reading God's word and memorizing his word? And putting it into your life so that he can use his words to help you and encourage you and bring fulfillment and joy into your life? Or have you never trusted Christ? Have you never trusted Christ? Have you never come to the point where you said, Yes, God, I confess that I am a sinner and I do deserve your wrath. But I put my hope in Jesus Christ and today I believe in Jesus Christ that he died for me and he came and was born as a babe and was sinless. Lived a sinless life on this earth and took the punishment for my sins and so I believe in Jesus Christ. Have you never done that? Oh, sinner, come to Christ today. If you have never trusted Christ, today is the day. What better day than now? What a wonderful and marvelous promise is the meaning of the name Emmanuel. The Lord is with us. God with us. It is such a majestic and true message of Christmas. That is the meaning of Christmas. God with us. I don't ever want you to forget it. Every time you hear the word Christmas, I want you to think of Emmanuel. And when you think of Emmanuel, I want you to know the definition. What is it? God with us. Philip Brooks, beautiful Christmas carol, captures this wonderful truth with these words. How silently, how silently, the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray, cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great Glad tidings tell, oh, come to us. Abide with us. Our Lord, say it, Emmanuel. Father in heaven, we come before you today. What a very special day it is when we can be reminded of the truth, of the meaning of this wonderful and marvelous name, Emmanuel. God with us. Father, I pray that we would never forget the holy child of Bethlehem. As Brooks Wright writes the hymn, we pray, Father, that you would continue to cast out our sin. Father, we yield to you. I pray that your children today would be continually reminded that they come to you because of your grace and mercy through Jesus Christ. We can come to you and repent of our sin, and we can do so daily because we know that we have not arrived yet, and we continually deal with the old nature. And so, Lord, we come before you knowing that when we confess our sin, 
You are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us as your children to be ever mindful of your presence, to be ever mindful of Emmanuel, God with us, what you did in sending your Son to save us from our sins. Lord, help us as we arrive and approach on Christmas Day in a couple of days. And though there may be much excitement surrounding other activities, help us to truly be excited about Emmanuel. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this special time, this special time to remember, to be reminded, to be encouraged and strengthened in your word. Help us to be students of your word and faithful children of our Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray for the person or persons who are here today who have never trusted you, who have never confessed their sin and believed in Jesus Christ, may they do so at this moment, that they would repent before you in prayer and believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life and experience what Emmanuel truly means for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.